Hello, this is the Daily Tech and today I'm showing some more tech news if you. It's going to be really interesting, so do stick around till the end, as you should hopefully enjoy it. Anyway, so um, all the articles that I do talk about today will be linked in the description, so if you want to go and read them yourself, which I do recommend you do, uh, if you have time, obviously listen to this first and then do it. I want not watch time and stuff. <laughs> I'm joking there, but uh, hopefully you do enjoy. All linked in the description. Well, let's get right into it. Firstly, Apple AirPods Pro 2 uh, leak reveals price and new features. So, right, sorry for the slight pause. Um, so, <clears throat> Apple fans, uh, which we think is fair to say, have been waiting for a follow-up to the Apple AirPods Pro. So last year, Apple dropped the second generation, and there'd be no size of AirPods Pro 2, so the second generation of the original AirPods, like the cheaper not as good ones. Of course, the AirPods Pro are actually a decent, but for the price, they are quite expensive. Uh, but I mean, it's still really good headphones. I mean, for what you're getting, there's not too many other things in the market like that. But it looks so that that's dramatically changed um, with the established leaks to uh, spilling the beans on Apple's AirPods Pro Gen 2. Now, the leakster that has revealed these things is Leaks Apple Pro, and the information in includes the Gen 2 price, release date, battery, and new features, uh, which they said in a tweet. Everything's tweets, as we know. Uh, so, as can be seen in the tweet above, the Apple AirPods, uh, Apple AirPod Gen 2, Apple AirPod Pro Gen 2 prices pegged at 249 US dollars, which obviously um, you would expect seeing um, as, obviously, when next-generation products come out, they tend to be the same price a lot of the time. So it's gonna have some for it's gonna offer some improvements to battery life and noise cancelling functionality, and it should some deliver some ambient light sensors. The true function right now remains a mystery, uh, but they've probably got a good reason for them, which could even take a year or two to be used. I mean, probably a year or not, but it's possible. I mean, they do quite a few things just enabling stuff in software. Now one theory is that they could be used to track certain body functions like the heart rate, uh, which I've already seen on earphones like the Jabra Sport Plus, uh, Pulse. Uh, so in terms of the release date, it's scheduled for either quarter 4 of 2021, so we don't expect these anytime soon, or quarter 1 of 2022. So obviously quite a while, like a year, more, year and a bit. So yeah, right now though the current air, oh yeah, and I've been uh, noise cancellation. Uh, so, yeah, apart from that, I mean, it's not too much of an upgrade. And, I mean, I, c I think that is a good time to be able to do it. Uh, obviously, make a second generation quite a good time. Kind of, how long did it take for the second generation AirPods 2 to come out? It was, like, a few years. So, this could be in line with that, which you would expect. I think that's quite good, especially if these headphones are still good. So, there's no point updating them every year. Every few years, I think, it's quite nice. Every two years, something like that. So yeah, uh, this article was by T3. Uh, next article is by PC Gamer. Uh, so Microsoft's been attacking a major hardware, uh, major malware even, uh, botnet, and it's winning. So as a part of a coordinated uh, effort that began around a week ago, I just opened a new tab, let's not do that again, I want to click the pause button. There we go. Uh, so, as part of a coordinated effort that began around a week and a half ago, Microsoft and its partners have almost completely disabled an elusive botnet, which has infected over a million computing devices since late 2016, which is a fair few. Uh, so it's called TrickBot, 
It is a run by criminals that are used to conduct a wide range of nefarious activity, including the spread of ransomware, a type of malware that effectively prevents uh, a victim from accessing their files by encrypting their data. And the only way to unlock it was if it was a decryption key. And then typically what happens is the malware author demands a ransom, often in Bitcoin, in exchange for unlocking a victim's files. In some cases, though, there are a limit to pay up, or else it's permanently deleted as well, which you don't want. Which is why uh, the always rule is, uh, do keep all your files. If it's ever going to happen to you for some reason, especially if like maybe a child's using it, um, or really anyone that not you, and you know you wouldn't do anything, or even you if you really, really should do this anyway in case a computer breaks. So just store it on like a separate disk, have a external hard drive, something like that. Obviously, then even USB sticks. Then of course, if it does lock it. You can reset your computer all of that. You will lose some stuff, but I mean, you'll keep most of your important stuff that you couldn't get back before. Also, generally, things like that back up to, like, photos and stuff, which is quite an important one. Do you back up to things like uh, Google Drive, and you've got all of that. So, adversaries can use ransomware to infect a computer used to maintain uh, voter rolls or report on election night results, uh, seizing those systems that are prescribed hour optimized. Uh, so, chaos and destruct. Uh, which I did describe, uh, Microsoft described earlier this week. So Microsoft obtained a court order to coordinate its efforts with telecommunication providers around the globe. So according to Microsoft, uh, TrickBot is particularly dangerous because of its modular makeup, allowing it to constantly evolve, making detection and removal more difficult than static malware. In the past four years, it has infected uh, computers and IoT devices, including wireless routers, in addition to uh, doling out ransomware which in one instance has crippled the IT network of a hospital in Germany, which obviously you do not want. Your, the computer and stuff in a hospital, you don't want those getting meddled with. Those are important, very important at times. So it's been used to hijack web browsers and uh, swipe login information from banking sites and uh, conduct spam and spear phishing campaigns. As the Microsoft said, it initially discovered 69 servers that were uh, called to TrickBot's various operation. In short span, it has knocked 62 of them offline, which is really good. There's only 7 remaining, and that number should be going down. Uh, so the 7 remaining servers are not traditional command and control servers, but rather uh, Internet of Things, which is IoT. Uh, devices TrickBot infected was using part of its server infrastructure. Uh, these are in the process of being disabled. As expected, the criminals operating TrickBot scrambled to replace the infrastructure we initially disabled. Uh, through ongoing tracking, Microsoft discovered 59 additional servers that TrickBot's operators attempted to add into the mix and subsequently uh, disabled 58 of them. So in total, they've killed 120 of the 128 believed TrickBot's servers. I'm not sure if there could be more. I think that's possible. But I'm not sure how they track this stuff. So, I mean, only eight more, that should limit what's going on, but yeah. As this is an ongoing offence, Microsoft says that the numbers will inevitably change. And if it hacks into your internet, then you're complete. And what not, I feel like, if it goes onto your, I don't know how it works specifically, uh, but I know it can probably get onto your Wi-Fi, stuff like that, and of course, through your Wi-Fi, you can access anything. So, well, anything that's connected. Like, if your computer's connected to the internet, it can access files on your computer, so, yeah. Uh, next article is by Kit Guru. Microsoft announced its Xbox event taking place days before the Series X launch, probably where we'll see more about it and stuff. So making the announcement on Twitter, Xbox Australia New Zealand tweeted out, 
Tune on November the 9th at 11pm NZDT, 9pm AEDT, along with a short clip featuring a scenic image of a lake and mountains, which is quite interesting. So that time works out to 11am in UK time, which tracks for international viewership. However, this event would take place at 2am in some parts of the US, which isn't particularly a nice time especially for some people, so that you can tell they're specifically catering for the Australian market. I mean, I think that one's become obvious, especially after they tweeted that. If that's the case, then it's unlikely they'll make any major announcements, though. It's probably just going to be some gameplay, some more look at the titles, all that stuff, and hands off the console, letting know what form the event takes. And which is three, wo uh, three weeks even until the launch of both Series X and PlayStation 5. It'll be interesting to see if either Microsoft or Sony have any last-minute surprises to announce. Though I don't think they will, especially with this Xbox event that are targeted to a smaller audience. It's a smaller audience. It might not be, but I feel like if you get it mainly aimed for kind of the US, that kind of area, uh, then I think you do get a lot more just naturally. So, yeah. Quite interesting though, uh, they could announce something decent, maybe a game or something that we might look forward to. It's possible, it's possible they just decide to do it in that time, but again, not sure. Be interesting to see what we see. Uh, next article, also by PC Gamer. PC Gamer are quite good. I do enjoy reading their articles. So you can tell when there's a good article, especially when you're reading through it. If I struggle to read through it, then it tends not to be as good. Uh, but, um,. I mean, for it, it's easy to understand, that's really good, and it helps. Especially with live recording, it's, it's difficult at times. Obviously, you've got to try and read it, and then think about it, think what to say, all that stuff. Which is why I'll probably read a lot of the sentences on the article a lot of the time. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, Oculus Quest 2 is selling beyond what we expected, says Facebook. I really don't know. I mean, they must know that this would have sold loads. I mean, I expected it to sell loads, but that might just be my opinion. They might have done research and they thought it might not have, stuff like that. They do this stuff. So latest updates on the Oculus Quest 2 release uh, showed the tech is exceptionally well, despite all the upset surrounding the necessitation of a Facebook account. So I was actually looking. Apparently in 2014, they said you'd never need a Facebook account. Well, aged well. Uh, so it was uh, brought to their attention by Tech Power Up that it looks quite... The start of this seems quite good. So Facebook's Director of Content Ecosystem at Oculus, uh, Chris Perrett, uh, seemed very pleased in his interview with Protocol Gaming regarding the unprecedented success of the Quest 2. He notes that the re uh, really couldn't be happier, not only were the sales maybe a little bit beyond what we expected, but some were selling much faster, but they were selling much faster, and unlike some manufacturers who have been fumbling in the current tech climate, Nvidia. Um, Facebook has managed to keep up with the excruciating demand. Just funny, it says all this cost cough around uh, Nvidia. I was, I was going to do it anyway, even if it said it or not. Just, yeah. Anyway, it's difficult to pinpoint exact sales figures at the moment. Eventually, we will find out. But there's something telling in that 80 to 90% of rec room accounts have been created by fresh VR users, which is quite a lot, you can imagine. They're going to. Need more servers, but they probably prepared for this. Uh, this points to a massive eruption of people trying out the wonders of VR for the first time. This was further reinforced by the fact that by 7pm PT on the Oculus Quest 2 date, there were more Quest 2s floating around in Rec Room than the original Quest users. Which is interesting, I mean it makes sense maybe the Quest, I don't know. Um, I'm actually buying the original Quest, uh, just because it, it would work fine for me, should work fine for me anyway. 
is possible, it won't, but it's fine. Anyway, so Sean, writing the header community at Rec Room Inc., underlined this by divulging that the Quest 2 launch has been 250% larger than that of its predecessor, which makes sense, of course, when the Quest originally came out. Obviously, it was very new technology, um, that people weren't sure about the software's glitchy or all that stuff. So, obviously, it makes sense that this is higher, now people trust this stuff. Uh, but yeah. So... This is really cool. I think the Quest is just such a great headset. I mean, you're getting a really good resolution display. I mean, both Quests are really good. So both of them, you're getting a quite high resolution display. Of course, more on the newer one. You're getting a relatively comfortable headset. Um, obviously, there's more uncomfortable ones like um, yeah, mobile ones. Anyway, yeah, apart from those, I mean, they're both quite comfortable. Are front heavy, both of them, more other than others, especially with that new strap. But I mean, overall, I mean, you can plug it and then if you ever get a PC, for cheaper than a lot of even other PC VR headsets, um, I don't know, probably the HTC Vive, HTC Cosmos, all that stuff, once you get a link cable, you can still get all of this cheaper than if you were to get um, just a headset. And of course, you've got it built in as well, so you can travel with it and all of that. It's really cool. So yeah, I think Quest 2 definitely deserves a lot of sales. Moving on to an article by TechRadar. I had to turn it on, didn't I? Uh, so NVIDIA RTX 3070, 16GB uh, and 3080 20GB graphics cards killed off before they even started. Rumour has it, it's still possible, uh, but it's more than likely not. Uh, so NVIDIA's RTX 3080 with 20GB of video RAM is no longer happening, and the same is true for the uh, purported spin on the 3070 with 16 gigs, according to the latest from the GPU Grapevine. So it is a rumour about rumoured products, so you definitely need to take this with a pinch of salt. And it's been uh, pretty strong and consistent nuggets of speculation regarding the existence of a 3070 and 3080 with double the VRAM. Although I always thought it wasn't going to happen, I don't know, it just didn't seem right, but it could still happen. So the latest report from video cards insists while NVIDIA was intending to do this in December, the plan has now changed according to two independent sources. So apparently NVIDIA has told graphics card manufacturers that the RTX 3080 20GB and the 3070 16GB versions have just not been postponed to next year, but actually cancelled, along with the potential RTX 3070 Ti, which has also been uh, cancelled. Spelling mistake there. Oh no, maybe it was meant to just say counter. I don't know. Of course, it is just speculation, so it's everything we've heard so far could still happen, but yeah, we're not sure. Well, the obvious reason would be that it is because of the other RTX 3000 GPUs going out of stock, demand at far outweighing supply, which I swear they must have knew known this was going to happen. We're going to release a card that's over half the, uh, half the price and more under our currently best consumer card pretty much, I mean what most people use for gaming. Oh, and it's going to be slightly better as well. I know, yeah, we're just not going to make loads of it because I don't think it'll be popular. What did they expect? So, of course, it could be something, obviously, with the current climate in the world, but, yeah. Still, though, it's possible, possibly not, but I think the 3060 Ti is still coming, uh, though, so that's quite good. Of course, the 3060 Ti will probably be just a bit less than a 20... The lineup's really confusing now. It's a bit weird. So, yeah. It's a shame they might have done this. It could have been quite good, especially for people who use more VRAM. But, yeah.
Because 8, I think it uses 8 gigs for the 3070. That's not exactly loads. For some people, we'll start to run out of it eventually, especially if the power this card's bringing. So, it's a bit of a shame, but oh well. Uh, next up, this article is by Hexus. Uh, so, the Adobe, uh, no, so Adobe Premiere gets H.264 Havec Boost for AMD and NVIDIA GPUs. So the Adobe Max 2020 virtual conference is currently taking place. The event kicked off yesterday and a plethora of updates and innovations was unveiled for the popular industry standard and creative tools such as Adobe Premiere, Photoshop and Illustrator. Of course they've been sharing a lot of things they've done. Uh, so now... Uh, they've just made everything kind of better to do with that. I mean, there's not much to say here. Uh, so yeah, they've just made it better. Uh, it gets boosted, all of that stuff, which is really nice to see. You'll be able to do things faster. Uh, moving on to the next article, uh, this is by Engadget. They're quite a good um, channel actually on YouTube. I listen, I watch on YouTube sometimes. Uh, so Logitech sales skyrocketed during work from home boom, as obviously you would expect. Have we talked? Have we talked about? Yeah. So we've been talking. Well, things a bit more to do with this today. So, anyway, more than normal, anyway. Uh, so, obviously, you would expect that seeing as more people were using headsets. Or just not even headsets, just everything else. Because I was looking at the picture of headsets. I mean, everything would. Their webcams, I know those are, like, impossible to find. Uh, especially for a bit, anyway. So, Logitech sales continue to soar during the coronavirus pandemic, just because of the stuff they make. Uh, the accessory maker recorded sales of 1.26. Uh, US dollar billion uh, for three months leading up to September the 30th up to 537 uh, US dollar in the millions uh, from the same period last year as Logitech noted in a press release. The first time the company has eclipsed 1 uh, billion US dollars is quarterly sales in quarterly sales operating is so it's the first time we've done that operating income climbed to 321 uh, US million dollars and net income rose to 267 million US dollars and up to 194 million US dollars uh, year over year. I should probably stop saying that once I say it once, but oh well. Almost every product category saw growth during the quarter. Sales from mice, keyboards and webcams were all higher uh, than they had been during the previous quarters. So gaming related sales also soared as well. So the trajectory isn't surprising, seeing as uh, lots of the pandemic has forced lots of people to work from home. People are using it more. So you're like, okay, I can deal with this if I'm only this keyboard and mouse if I'm only using it for like just to send some emails a day. But if you're using it more for doing conferences, not that you might be like, okay, this is getting comfortable. I'll buy some more peripherals. That's kind of how it works. Uh, so the impact of the pandemic stretches beyond enterprise cons customers, though. The gaming has exploded as a form of safe at home entertainment. And the Logitech G brand uh, caters to PC players with various mice, um, stuff like that. They do gaming stuff, so yeah, definitely uh, did well for them. And finally, not too much of a happier one. Uh, this is by Essex Live. And so ahead of Prime, uh, scam, Amazon Prime scam uh, that customers need to watch out for ahead of Christmas sales that you're going to obviously be getting. Customers are warned to check any emails from Amazon or online stores before risking handing over your details to fraudsters, as obviously that happens. So scammers take advantage of Black Friday and Prime Day to catch droppers out, and quick deadlines mean there's a risk that some people don't consider a risk before clicking the links. Some people just don't. Uh, one scam involves a fake email pretending to be Amazon that says your Amazon account are on hold due to a billing issue. 
So it gives the customer 24 hours to update the payment info, or the account will be on hold permanently. Which obviously um, is not true, it's a fake thing. I mean, you can tell to someone who's not really paying attention, that could easily happen without a doubt, which is uh, quite sad to be honest, the fact that people do this. This means that customers are likely to skip over the warning signs and ensure they don't lose their account, especially if they have paid for a service such as Prime and waiting for the product to arrive. Uh, so clicking on the link would send you to a phishing site that asks your details, which hand them straight over to fraudsters and yeah, goodbye your stuff or your money. Uh, so here's ways you can work out if it's real or not. Uh, so where does email come from? So while it may say the sender's name is Amazon or Amazon support, Gmail addresses from somewhere completely different, that obviously is a red flag. Uh, it should say that it's from Amazon.co.uk if you're in the UK, and of course check your appropriate uh, one that it says from what, where you are. Where does the link go to? If you hover over the link, you should tell uh, where you are sent to. If that's not an Amazon link you recognise, do not click it. Not sure if you can hear that, but there's an alarm going off outside, car alarm. Oh no, stop that anyway. Uh, it's fine if you heard that, sorry. Uh, how well is the email written? In example, your Amazon account are on hold. Uh, should be the biggest sign that something's wrong. Nobody's perfect, but an official Amazon email uh, would have a big error in the very first sentence is unlikely. So yeah, be careful with that. So um, here's one. So it says from account uh, dash alert, which should already really be uh, so edit at prime.support, which so and it says mail apps. I'm not sure if that's meant to be linked to it. Anyway, uh, so 18th October 2020, 1706. Uh, so it says uh, due to a problem with your card, we have been unable to charge your payment. If you don't update your card information in the next 24 hours, your Amazon account are on hold permanently, which is obviously what we've talked about, and yeah. Uh, is there a time limit? It's very unlikely that Amazon would give you that much short of a time to do it. Even if you think it's legitimate, you might want to check first. You can call in Amazon, I believe, and all that stuff. Uh, also, I think when it says thank you, I think they normally say Amazon customer service, but that's something in my head, but do check. Uh, so yeah. Also, you can report it to their website as well, and they can take down this stuff, obviously, because of what it does. So yeah, uh, do be careful when uh, getting emails off Amazon. So yeah, and be careful, especially with these times where things like this will be popping up more. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please consider subscribing and turning up bell notifications if you're on YouTube. Uh, this is so you can see all the latest tech news by me, which is daily. And also, if you're on anything like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, then you can click the follow or heart button. There should be something like that. If you click that, you'll also be able to see all the latest news by me. Anyways, have a good day.